You are now listening to Sis Stop Podcast with me, Belle. Guys, guys, what's going on? Oh my god, I don't know. You are now listening to Sis Stop Podcast. Welcome to your worst nightmare. Hey guys, it's me, Belle. I guess we always knew I was a little demon. Join me on a special episode as we talk Halloween, scary stories, and things that go bump in the night. Hey guys! Happy early Halloween. So let me be honest with you guys. I am not really big into Halloween. Although I am a fan of horror, thriller, suspense, mystery, all the fun spooky stuff. I love those shows. I love those movies. I love those stories. I love it all. But surprisingly, I really don't care about Halloween, if that is believable or not. I like to blame that on my childhood, TBH. Okay, so let me tell you a little about that real quick (laughs) before I get into some stuff. As a child, My mom was so overprotective of me. I could not go trick-or-treating with any friends, even once around the neighborhood block. She was obsessed that I was going to get taken away. I mean, I know it's possible, like being older now, but at the time it's like, let's go, mom, take me somewhere. So I would only go to the same like four or five houses, which was really family and close family friends to get candy from. So as I got older, I didn't really care about dressing up for Halloween or doing anything because I was sheltered great. Anyway, so I guess it carries over to me as being an adult. I actually just don't care and I really don't care for Halloween parties. Although this one time me and some old friends threw a really cool Halloween party and I was a cat and and it was really like, I'm a mouse, duh, but I was a cat, duh. So yeah, although I look pretty bomb because I was so skinny. And not that I don't look pretty bomb now. Anyway, but for the first time ever in our married life, Adam and I are actually dressing up for Halloween and I'm not going to reveal that to you just yet. You'll have to wait and see the photos for what we dressed up as. It's something that I've talked about recently in the last, we'll say maybe within the last past two episodes that we've really enjoyed and are nostalgic about. So keep a lookout for that. Definitely going to post pictures on that. Um, But for this Halloween, I really plan on being home or visiting my parents and being there because I'm scared. No, (laughs) no coronavirus. And I love to see my baby cousin. Well, my baby cousin, my baby cousin's cousin, my baby mama, 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 mama. Sorry, I got really, really outcasted on my brain right now. No, my, my cousin, Mike has a daughter, a Maisie, and she is the cutest thing ever. And I have no idea if she's dressing up and I'm pretty sure she is because she's hella cute and I just really want to see her. So yeah, that is probably what I'll be doing for Halloween with Adam and getting 50 cent corn dogs from Sonic. Guys, don't sleep on those. Okay, so fun story about the first Halloween Adam and I had together. I was a cute bunny. By cute bunny, I mean I was a horror bunny. 
<laughs> hey, a hoe's a hoe with thoughts of that. I don't give a shit. I was cute as hell, right? And so anyway, it was just him and I for Halloween. I was wearing red lipstick and we were making out like crazy. Like, let me just say it was really like honeymoon stage, which I'll still make out with him like that. I don't care. But I had this red lipstick on, right? And so we got all over his face. And it's hilarious. And guys, if you know me for a long time, you know I love a good red lipstick and I have a favorite and a signature color. And it's hard to get off of you. Let me just tell you, like you really have to scrub your face to get that, that shit off. So ladies, side chicks, throw that on your man or on whoever's man. <laughs> they gonna get caught for show. No, so we made out, right? And then the doorbell rang and there were trick-or-treaters. I didn't look at his face to see if he had any makeup on him and so when he got to the door the lady had asked because it was a lady and her kids the lady asked adam oh you as well got 50 cent corn dogs from sonic and he just chuckled and was like yeah and then gave the kids candy and they were on their way when he came back i saw his face he had red all around his mouth because we had been making out all hardcore <laughs> and um Ever since that, we thought it was so funny. Of course, he washed his face off, but we've had 50 Cent Corn Dogs from Sonic ever since. So it's a tradition. So I guess you can say a lot of memorable times in my life, food is around. Because if you remember the great Papa Murphy's Valentine's Day Alone bit, that was a thing. Go back to episode two with Gume and Claudia to learn more about how I got left on the river tracks and how I was ditched on Valentine's Day and ate a sad heart pizza from Papa Murphy's in a tub of cookie dough. <laughs> so nonetheless, anyway, Halloween. Guys, I wanted to do something really, really special for Halloween because I know I talk about a lot about self-love, self-care, of course, a lot of sex with Jenna. Not with Jenna, but you know, together, Jenna and I talk about a lot of sex. <laughs> But I wanted to do something fun, something spooky, a little creepy. So I decided what better way than to honor Halloween and my love of scary and horror stories by sharing a few with you guys. So let me preface this. These are not my stories. I have gotten these. These are actually real stories from real people. In the bio, you'll find the link to read these exact stories and more from real people like you and me. At the end of the episode, I will go ahead and also mention the link into where you can find these and more. This one is called The Evil Spirit in My Bed. To be fair, I have a healthy dose of skepticism, but it's hard to ignore a ghost when it's in your face, even if there are mitigated circumstances. When I was a mere slip of a girl, I had a dreadful bout of the flu, which left me feeling like I'd been hit by a train. My mother put me to bed tended to me with bowls of chicken soup and iced tea. I slept a lot, and when I was awake, I read books and cuddled with my teddy bear for comfort. For the most part, I was miserable. After a few days, my mother called the doctor, and he turned up with a bag of tricks. Having to swallow disgusting medicine seemed like hell, but that was nothing when something frightening happened to me. I've told a lot of people this story, and they always put it down to my fever, but somehow it seemed way more real than that. I usually don't make a big fuss when I'm sick, so when I slipped into a heavy fever, I tried to keep it to myself. I can't explain why, but I was embarrassed when I started sweating profusely in the middle of the night. I was worried mother might think I wet the bed, but then I heard something that distracted me. A guttural sound like congested breathing came from nowhere. Being congested myself, I thought for a while that the sound was coming from my own throat. So I decided to test the theory for myself by holding my own breath. 
The sweat froze on my skin and my hairs stood on end when I continued to hear the rattling breathing. I squealed, but I didn't call for my parents. Then I saw my breath come out like cigarette smoke. At first I thought it was funny and kept deliberately exhaling strongly, but then I heard a nasty chuckle, which made me sit up in bed straight away. I could feel the chilly air and start to shiver as the chuckling voice continued. I was shaking so much I reached to turn on the lamp. My fingers struggled to find the switch, but I froze when the chuckling stopped. Even though I was dizzy, I knew there was something else in the room. Shuddering with fear, I couldn't believe I was watching a black fog form at the foot of my bed, illuminated by the street lights from outside. I was finally able to flick the switch and the light came on, but the fog continued to grow at the end of my bed. I quickly drew up the covers over my head, but still was able to see, and boy, I wish I couldn't. I was petrified when I saw the black fog spreading like storm clouds under the sheets heading straight towards me. Being a bit of a chicken, I quickly jumped out of bed and ran over to the wall, thinking that it was the door. I scrambled to find the handle and could hear the ghastly <laughs> chuckle behind me. When I looked over my shoulder, I saw a terrifying spirit in the fog closing in. I quickly realized that I was being terrorized by the devil. When it got to me, I screamed and began clawing at the walls until my parents rushed in. They grabbed me and pulled me away from the wall. I was delirious, so they took me straight to the hospital. My fever soon broke, and they settled me down enough to come back home. I never saw anything like that ever again. I remember everyone telling me that it was just the fever, but even when you're sick, you can still tell the difference between what's real and what's not, can't you? Guys, I don't know what I would do, medication or not, and we know I take a lot of medication, if I saw a spirit form in front of me, much less on my bed and following me. Oh, y'all guys might have to like really send help, send me to the best, you know, rehabilitation, psychiatric hospital, because your girl's going to be freaking out for days to come. Oh my God, I can't even. I don't know. I wonder how you guys would feel about that. I mean, did that give you chills, tingles at least? I don't know. It really had the very minimal hair stand up that's on my arm. Are you ready for the next one? Okay, here we go. This one is titled, There's Something Wrong With My Uncle John. The women in my family have always been competitive when it comes to cooking, especially when it's holiday season. I can't even remember a time when they weren't all teasing each other way before November. Come to think of it, they're all competitive all year round, but especially when Thanksgiving approaches. This year, my uncle decided to throw his hat in the ring, even though my aunt admonished him for being one of the only males to do so. What compelled him was the death of his beloved German Shepherd early in the fall. Champ was everything to Uncle John, so when he moped around deep in grief, my aunt had an idea. She wanted him to help her in the kitchen, and it wasn't long before he started getting excited. It was exactly the medicine he needed. He was soon offering to cook their evening meals, and Aunt Sophia was happy to have a break. One of his dishes was so delicious, she talked him into making it for Thanksgiving. We all teased him about being the only thorn among roses, but he laughed it off. When they turned up at Grandma's house, it was so much fun to watch him prancing around the kitchen with an apron on. My mother was the only one who seemed a little put out. Dad and I pulled her aside thinking she was miffed about having someone else co to compete against, especially seeing as he was male. Mom is very old-fashioned and strange in her assumption that men shouldn't cook, even though the majority of great chefs in the world are men. 
She assured us that her sexist belief had nothing to do with her annoyance. She confided that she was worried about John and his odd behavior. She said that there was something unnerving about how over the top he was, seeing as he was usually so sedated and laid back. We put it down to how he was dealing with his grief. The smells coming out of Grandma's kitchen were drool-worthy. Seeing as Grandma's getting older, she's happy to have her family use her kitchen around the holidays. My mother's apricot chicken, Aunt Sophia's sage and onion stuffed turkey, and other aunts' beautiful dishes just put us in a state of bliss. When Uncle John placed his beef bouillon on the table, we all gasped. Dad was so impressed that he had mastered such a fancy dish, and when I took a bite, I thought I had died and gone to heaven. It was rich, savory, and melts in your mouth with deliciousness. We were all so enamored with the casserole that we polished it off before anything else. After dinner, we did our usual voting by writing the dishes on a piece of paper and placing it traditionally in Grandpa's old fedora hat. Grandma did the honors and counted the entries. Uncle John won by a landslide. We all cheered and laughed at the irony until Uncle John nearly fell over while laughing manically. Mom was freaked out and yelled at him, asking why he was acting like such an idiot. I realized that she was onto something when he started barking like a dog while slathering like a madman. We all froze when he stood up and yelled, Woof! Woof! Champ wins again! Great till the last fight. You wonder why I didn't want him cremated. We all looked at each other in horror. Uncle John had just fed us his own dead dog champ. My aunt was crying as she called the cops, knowing that he needed to be treated by professionals. After vomiting, I watched as he was taken away screaming and laughing in the ambulance. I'll never eat dark meat again. Um, excuse me? This guy just fed his dead dog to his family and laughed like a complete lunatic about it. Who? in the world really does this oh my god this is crazy i would never ever that is exactly when i would become vegan or solely just only eat chicken and probably only eat whatever i'm cooking for myself because that just means i cannot trust family at all golly i wonder if uncle john how he was doing after that what the eval was on that because oh my God, I'm sure you guys had to be gasping. I am such a dog lover, I could never imagine. I will get Odie encrusted as a diamond and wear him for the rest of my life when his untimely death does happen. And that ain't gonna happen anytime soon because I'm probably just gonna clone him. Just kidding, it wouldn't be the same dog. I know, I'm not dumb. Anyway, guys, are you ready for the next one? Here we go. This one is called, He Watched Me From The Woods. As luck would have it, I inherited a crappy piece of property in my early 30s when my uncle passed away. I know that sounds ungrateful, but if you'd seen it, you would have laughed just like the rest of my family did. They teased me with countless haunted stories due to the fact that the property was in a wooded area in the middle of nowhere. I decided I might as well go out and take a look one weekend, but no one was available to go with me. Mom was afraid for me and made me promise to call every night, seeing as I left Friday afternoon and planned to come back on Saturday. I drove a van so I decided I'd sleep in it, even though there were self-contained cabins there. Unlucky for me, I was advised that there was no running water, but I had already assigned myself to fixing up the place and selling it, even if I got it for a low price. 
When I pulled up to the driveway on the four-acre property, I felt shivers going down my spine. I couldn't put my finger on what happened, but I ignored it and continued to drive. The trees were so thick that I imagined myself getting lost, but soon I saw the cabin, which seemed too new in the shabby surrounding. There were a couple of abandoned old cars and a hazardous pile of rotting wood near the shed, which was next to the cabin. When I got out of my car, I felt icicles running through my veins. Maybe it was nerves, but I was sure I saw a shadow in the woods. I felt stupid, and I called out, Hello? Of course, nothing was there, and the shadow disappeared. I actually thought it might have been a bear, so I raced to the front door and fiddled with the keys, eventually unlocking the door and letting myself in. There was no furniture apart from one table and one old chair. This was obvious that my uncle started doing the place up before his death intervened. Thinking of him, I worried that his ghost might be haunting the cabin. Little did I realize at that time, the scariest things were to happen outside. I started to wonder if I would stay at all, but found myself dragging my bags and my air mattress in. I sat at the table, made a makeshift meal, making mental notes about what I had to get done to get the place ready for sale. Then I heard a metallic noise not far from the back door. I couldn't be sure, but it sounded like a knife or an axe being sharpened. Fair enough, I do have an overactive imagination, but the sound was very real to me. When I looked out the back window, there was nothing to see at first. As soon as I moved to go back to the table, something caught my attention out of the corner of my left eye. I gasped when I turned back and saw what I thought was a huge hulking silhouette staring at me at the edge of the woods. It was too small to be a bear, but why would there be a person in the middle of nowhere? I moved over to the window and had a second look, but it was gone. I could have kicked myself for not bringing a weapon with me. I didn't even have a multi-tool gadget. Even though I'm female, I was quite tough at the time. I had been a tomboy my whole life. I always had tools on me, but that night, all I had was a flashlight. Deciding not to be brave, I stayed in the cabin and wrote notes in my journal. I froze when I heard the metallic sound again. This time, I was sure that it was inside the cabin. I got up nervously and crept around yelling, Who's there? Believe me when I tell you that I jumped out of my skin when a shadow walked past the window. The frightening thing was, I couldn't tell if it was a shadow or if it had been in front of a window or outside. In a panic, I ran over to the window once again and I saw the biggest silhouette ever come closer to the cabin, but still at the edge of the woods. Rooted to the spot, I stared and stared, trying my hardest not to blink, trying my best to see if it was real. It seemed like hours went past, but eventually I had to blink. And when I did, the shadow disappeared. I really thought that a crazy man was watching me and I decided that I had to leave, but what if he was waiting for me out front? I gathered up my things and ran to the front door, but I stopped when I heard something fall over in the next room. Was he inside? I had no way of knowing and I didn't want to find out. I opened the door and ran as fast as I could to the car. I was so grateful as I turned the key and the engine immediately started. While driving off, I looked in the rearview mirror and I swear I can still see the outline of the person. But when I slowed down for one last look, he or it was gone. Okay, see, I have issues here with going to the woods, one, just going to the woods, period, because I've never been camping, like really camping. I've, I've never even been like camping in the backyard, but I have issues here. I would not go into the woods or even to visit a place un 
in the woods by myself. I'm sorry, is that Latin 101 for us? We just don't go to places like this by ourselves, much less stay the night. Why would I need to stay the night there? Let's just drive up one early morning and go check out the house. Like in the acreage, like what's wrong? (sighs) Not my people, not my skin color. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Guys, I don't know what I would do. I would call the cops. Does she not have a cell phone? I don't have a year on what date or what time period that took place in, but I'm just going to say you should have had a phone. You know what? Never mind. At the beginning of that story, she had said, my mom told me to call. You know what she didn't do? She didn't call her mama. And what does every Latin grandmother or mom say? You better call me when you get there. You better call me before you leave. You better call me when you're on your way. Why? Because they probably need something from the store. But no, seriously though, I know every Latin woman in my life and even my friends though hey let me know when you get home so she didn't listen to the rules the kukui was gonna get her like what did we expect am I right (laughs) I know guys I went off on a rant I'm sorry I'm sorry (sighs) okay let me cool down let me unwind let me drink some of my non-sugar tea (sighs) yes I drink non-sugar tea you know why because it helps me with my endometriosis because I shouldn't be drinking sweet tea but lord knows I love it okay guys Whew. Are we ready for the next one? Let's get spooky. This one is called a ukulele for the sinister clown. When I was a child, I spent many years in a hospital due to reoccurring issues with my upper respiratory system. I also suffered from many bouts of tonsillitis when my family moved to another city. I had to get them out. My parents were thrilled to be able to admit me to a children's hospital where the facilities were state of the art. Even though the building was older, the interior sparkling white and full of wonderful staff and doctors. When I was admitted, I was taken to the oldest part of the building at the back, where I was seen by a great doctor. I thought that the ward was bright and happy as it was decorated with fun motifs and had lots of toys and books. After my tonsillectomy, I was feeling poorly, so the nurses and the doctors brought me ice cream and jelly many times. On the day after my operation, the doctor brought a clown into the ward, as well as a special gift for me, a ukulele. The problem was, I had always been terribly afraid of clowns. Even though the clown played with the other kids and entertained them with songs and games, he freaked me out. Every time he looked over at me, I felt chills down my spine. It was like he showed me a different side of himself. I wonder why the other kids weren't creeped out by him, seeing as the sinister vibes were pretty intensely obvious. When he approached me, I felt the air react like it was being snapped frozen as he leered me to the foot of the bed. To me, he looked like he lived in a dumpster, as he had a veneer of filth on him, like he was spray-painted with dirt. He smiled at the other kids as they seemed to adore him, but when he looked at me, the smile turned vicious. When the nurse came to check on me, I asked if I could be moved to another ward. She advised me it wasn't possible. She asked why I wanted to be moved, so I pointed out the clown without speaking. She laughed and shook her head. She leaned in and said, There's nothing to be afraid of, sweetie. He's been coming to the hospital for years. When she left the ward, the clown slowly looked at me, his face twisted into an evil grin, and his eyes flashed. I jumped when I heard the strings of ukulele strum twice, but then I tried to convince myself that I imagined it. After the clown left and my parents turned up for a visit, I cried and begged them to take me home. Mom asked me why, and I told her I was afraid of the clown. Dad advised that he wouldn't hurt me, and to relax. Mom told me that as long as the clown was only visiting during the day, when the staff was there, I would be safe. When they left, 
I was too afraid to go to sleep, but the nurse came in and gave me a drink that soon put me under. Many hours later, I was awoken by the strumming of my ukulele, which was playing slowly and deliberately. I tried to ignore it, talking myself into believing that I had accidentally kicked it or pushed the instrument while I moved. When the strings continued to be strummed, I realized that I could sense something evil in the ward next to my bed. Even though I was groggy, I sat up and rubbed my eyes. When I finally opened them, I saw a dark shadow. Now, the ukulele played violently like a crazy lunatic with ferociously whipping the strings with their fingers. Then, I saw the deranged clown from earlier in the day laughing hysterically as he played the ukulele next to my bed. As the clown leaned over me, I saw a tiny blood drop from his face. I tried to scream, but my throat was so sore and constricted, far worse than it was several hours earlier. The clown inched closer and closer and closer to my face, and he grinned with dagger-like teeth that were red and dripping with blood. Thinking fast, I reached out and hit the panic button on the head of my bed while the clown started to fade away. The ukulele fell to the floor as the night nurse came in, turned the panic button off, and picked the instrument up. She playfully scolded me. No musical instruments at night. I cried out. It was the evil clown. He did it. The nurse laughed and checked my pulse and said, Nonsense. Everyone loves Flip Flop. He's been with us for years. When she said his name, my blood froze, but I didn't know why. Maybe it was my small mind going into overdrive. She put the ukulele on my nightstand and laid me back down before leaving the ward. I couldn't go back to sleep. Through the rest of the night, I stayed awake, mulling over the clown's name in my mind and then trying to forget it. I finally fell asleep in the morning, but was soon awoken by the day nurse and the doctor who tried to get me to eat. They didn't believe me when I told them about my visitation, and the doctor told me it might be the medication. After telling the nurse to change my meds, he handed the ukulele to me and smiled and said, Don't forget to practice. I couldn't eat my breakfast, and soon fell asleep, only waking in the afternoon when the clown visited the ward. The children were calling out, Flip flop! Flip flop! as the ukulele began to strum. I felt a chill running through my body. When I sat up, the clown turned to face me with a vile smile, so I grabbed the ukulele and put it in the drawer. For the rest of the afternoon, he left me alone, but after dark, the visitation took a creepy and nasty turn. Later, I was woken by the distant sound of the ukulele. Once again, I was groggy, but my heart was racing. Then, I saw the clown creeping towards the foot of my bed with the ukulele in his hands, strumming violently. I tried to scream, but once more my throat failed me. When he crept alongside the bed, I got out and I ran. It was odd that the nurse couldn't see me as I ran past their station, and I knew that the clown was right behind me. As I raced down the halls trying to find a way out, I heard the crazy ukulele as the clown gained on me. When I reached a dead end, I remembered the words my father had always told me. You have to face your fears. This seemed so idiotic to me now, but I trusted my father, so I turned around and backed up against the wall. The clown seemed to be ten feet tall as he bore down on me with his terrifying smile and jaggered, dripping teeth. Suddenly, 
I knew what to say. So I yelled in a hoarse voice. Give me my ukulele. He stopped and shrunk four feet. I realized that he was now a normal clown with a happy smile and a kind face. He handed the instrument over. I was speechless when he disappeared and I was left holding the ukulele, which I still have in my possession. As a nurse ran over to me, seeing that I was crying at the dead end of a hallway, she ran up to me and said, Honey, what's the matter? Why are you out of bed? I sat there sobbing and sobbing, uncontrollable, and I finally was able to muster out the strength and said, Flip Flop was here. The nurse chuckled. <laughs> Honey, Flip Flop hasn't been here for five years. I was shocked and paralyzed as the nurse led me back to my room. In the morning, my parents arrived as the nurse gave them an update of last night's episodes. I overheard them speaking. The nurse told my parents, Flip Flop hasn't been to this hospital for five years. He used to be the resident clown who came in to cheer up all the children in the hospital, but was wanted and on the run for the murder of three children. Till this day, he was never found. Uh-uh. Nope. Nope. Clowns. We, I'm not about to play with you guys. I am not about to. No, flip-flop. You better flip-flop. Like, the only flip-flop that I want to be afraid of is La Chancla and not, no, mm-mm. Oh my god, this is too much, guys. This is too much. It really is. Like, it scares me. Generally, I'm not afraid of clowns. Oh, and first, let me preface that. It's not it, old school it. It's new age, digitally enhanced it. Freaks me out. Like, I'm probably gonna watch this, in all honesty, that movie. But it terrifies me, okay? Anyway, whew. Guys, my heart's racing. How did you feel? <laughs> Maybe I'm just a weenie. I don't know. Like, y'all need to tell me. But, mm-mm. Nope. Ukulele. And, hey, fun fact, if you didn't know this, I know how to play ukulele. <laughs> Straight facts. I used to work for the University of Texas and in their um, child care development center. And they paid for a course for us to learn how to play ukulele. Yeah, seriously. Anyway, another story for another day with some of my UTCDC friends. Okay, guys, let me check like the closets and look under the blankets and bed and stuff and hide, a, hide the ukulele and ready for the next one. Okay, guys, let's buckle in for another spooky tale. This one is called evil shadows over a dark Christmas. Most people think Christmas as the epitome of family holidays, wholesome, magical, and shielded from anything nefarious, which is what makes my story a break from tradition. If it wasn't true, I would have kept it to myself for the sake of preserving the happy image of a wonderful day for those who love Christmas. As a child, I already had my work cut out for me with parents who were far from normal. My father hated Christmas. He refused to observe the day, which meant I had to keep my mouth shut if I didn't want to incur his wrath. Mother was always out of it due to her issues with substance abuse. Dad also had issues handed down from his father. Mom said that he was born with the bottle of beer in his hand and at Christmas time, the situation always worsened. It was like he had a secret vendetta for the holidays and he did everything he could to make sure our house was Christmas free. When I was 10, things took a bizarre and evil turn for the worse. Some nasty friends of my parents turned up and they all decided to conduct a seance. 
I'd hide myself away in the bedroom while they all got wasted and tried to summon demons to act as sentries against Santa and to invoke Satan instead. I fell asleep and didn't wake up until around 3 a.m. Seeing as the house was silent, I crept downstairs to check out the carnage. My parents and their guests were spread throughout the living room, passed out and draped over each other. It was disgusting, but I was distracted by a creepy noise. It sounded like old, creaky gears grinding against each other, and it seemed to be coming from the fireplace. The child inside me grew hopeful and excited, but something told me that I might want to run. When a dark creature started to clamor out of my fireplace, my flesh began to crawl. The sound started turning into a mix of crackling skin and bones being crushed. The creature looked like it had been incarcerated into a crisp, but it remained intact as it continued to creep around the room, stepping gingerly over the bodies like it was trying to decide which one to choose. I saw the charcoal hands with long fingers reach for my mother's hair. I gasped out loud, and it suddenly looked up. I'll never forget the eyes, like tiny fires in a large, burnt-out socket. It opened its unholy mouth wide and screeched with a dry, crackling voice. I screamed when more creatures scrambled out of the fireplace. I ran to my room in a blind panic. I can hear the demonic entities running up the stairs behind me. When I got to my room, I spun around and closed the door. I saw at least six of those ghastly monsters only inches away. As I slammed the door shut, several of their charred fingers were chopped off. I screamed again when the fingers started growing into smaller versions of black creatures. I jumped under the covers and cried while the demons tried to drag the sheets off of me. Imagine my surprise when I saw my parents grabbing at me with a frightening look in their eyes. Maybe I imagined it all, but it was all bizarre how everything changed from that day forward. My parents cleaned up their act. In the following year, we started to observe the holidays, especially Christmas. Mind you, I always keep an eye on the fireplace in case those demons decide to return and drag my family to hell. Okay, I don't understand why we have to do Christmas like this. Why? I love Christmas. And I want to know who the hell is bringing up seances and having satanic rituals during the Lord's, you know, I'm not gonna say day because if I'm gonna get religious, religious, Jesus wasn't born on that day. It was a, there's a whole nother like historical thing for this. Yes, I watch a history channel sometimes and sometimes my grandfather pulls me into it. But nonetheless, around the Lord's time, okay, I don't appreciate that. I don't know anybody that would be doing that. <clears throat> hmm. Side eyes, side eyes. Literally, I'm side eyeing nobody next to me right now. But guys, no. Mm-mm. Ugh. And just, uh, I love fireplaces, and now I can't even look at the fireplace the same right now. It's just so creepy. And oh my god, my leg hair grew back, guys. <laughs> Are we ready for another? Do we need just one more? I don't know. Okay, let's do this. This one is called Screaming Demons of Hicks Road. I'm going to tell you a story about the time I took Hicks Road in San Jose, California, and why I'll never do it again. It was getting late, and all I had for company was my car's radio. I had the windows rolled down, which allowed the nice breeze to come in through my vehicle and whisk around my ears. This was an amazing time for a nice drive. As the hours grew late, I flicked on my high beams and traveled back towards my house, but I decided to take the more scenic route, which was Hicks Road. 
While on the road, I noticed that my high beams kept reflecting eyeballs off the road. I just summed it up to some sort of wildlife, but I was terribly wrong. Nature began to call on my little drive, so I decided to do what any normal person would do and give in to the situation. I pulled over to the side of the road to take a leak. I got out of the vehicle, I left my radio on, as well as my lights. That way, if a vehicle came passing by, they wouldn't hit my vehicle. As I was standing there doing my business, it really bothered me how silent it was outside. I mean, for all of this wildlife I had spotted on the drive, I didn't even hear crickets. But things never stay quiet for very long on Hicks Road. With my lights in the car left on, I noticed that they were reflecting on eyes in the distance. Still, I assumed it was wildlife. But why couldn't I hear anything? While I was standing there, something just didn't feel right. And that's when the smell hit me. I have absolutely no idea what this smell was, but it hit me like a ton of bricks. It stunk so bad that I almost puked all over the ground in front of me. It was the smell of some sort of rotting meat mixed with spoiled milk. Once I regained myself, I looked out into the field and all around me. That's when I noticed the number of eyes in the field had nearly tripled and they were all watching me. It was creeping me out and I was ready to get the hell out of there and that's when I noticed the eyes were actually coming closer. As I struggled to zip up my pants and make sure everything was tucked in, I noticed the eyes were approaching me much faster than before. Whatever it was, it was running at me. I made my way back to the car as fast as I could, banging my knee on the rear fender on my way. I launched into the driver's seat while simultaneously closing the door behind me. The figures were almost to my passenger window, so I made sure to lock the car and roll up the windows as fast as humanly possible. As soon as my windows were up, I put that baby in drive and floored it. I spun gravel onto the side of the road, but my car gained traction and I launched forward. It was at that time that I saw something with a horrible white face slam right up against the passenger side window. Suddenly, a ton more of these things emerged from the field. It wasn't the eyes of wildlife I had been seeing, but some sort of humanoid creatures. They let out this insane, shrill scream while I was driving away and were running towards my car. I can only imagine what would have happened if I hadn't rolled up my windows, or if I hadn't made it back to my car in time. This is why I don't stop and pee anywhere at night. I don't really like to stop and pee anywhere when I'm on a road trip or just on the road to begin with. <clears throat> Jenna, no, <laughs> I give Jenna so much crap about having to use the bathroom all the time. She just has a normal system. Unlike me, I'm all jacked up. But no, mm -mm. I, for one thing, I am not about to pull over on the side of the road at nighttime to pee. Obviously, the story was told in a man's perspective and he could have used a bottle or he literally could have just like peed outside of his window while driving or something. I don't know how weenies work. Okay, really, if I did have a weenie, I would do helicopter dick all the time, but I would pee out of the car somehow. I wouldn't stop and get off. I would continue driving. Odds are if he had a pee, I'm sure he had a bottle of water or Coke or something. Chug that and then pee in it. Jeez, God. Anyway, guys, that was insane. These stories have me a little freaked out. I don't know what to say about them, but I hope you enjoyed them and had some entertainment with my commentary after each story. <laughs> because, guys, I have a lot of thoughts, you know this, and I love to talk during movies when I'm at home and we've already seen the movie. So first, let me preface that. I don't talk during movies when we're watching them. Although we've all seen the movie, I'm totally adding commentary. So if you want to have a Zoom, 
movie night with me or socially distanced movie night with maybe a projector and whatnot and have some really funny commentary and popcorn and snacks and drinks like I'm here for it okay social distanced please anyway guys I hope you have a great Halloween I want to see all your pictures if you dressed up if you have kids if they're dressed up oh my god I love kids Halloween costumes because let me just tell you I was all the things and I had so much fun so tag me in them send me them I'd love to see it I'd love to showcase y'all's creativity or if you have any fun pumpkin carvings or paintings because I know that I'll be sharing Adam and I's soon anyway guys happy Halloween enjoy happy Halloween and enjoy your time with your family your loved ones stay safe when you're trick-or-treating or whatever you're doing bye guys I hope you guys enjoyed all the spooky stories. They were all brought to you by Backpackerverse.com. Backpackerverse.com is where real people like you and me share our real life scary stories. If you're interested in these stories and more, please visit www.backpackerverse.com or look at the link below in our bio. Stay spooky, friends. Happy